Hope and Patience with Amelia Rope, a podcast about business, well-being and chocolate. Hello and welcome to Hope and Patience. It's fab to have you here. And if you're new to the show, welcome to our chat. So this is our last episode in Series 3, where I get to chat with a founder. Next week is our end of series special with Katie Emk, who is founding director of the charity Close to My Heart, Find Cell Work. Hope and patience, me and our guests will return with Series 4 in the autumn. So keep an eye out on socials and on our newsletter for the exact date. So now time to get on with the show. Our guest today is a woman whose desire for freedom and independence channeled her into creating a business which was just her and her laptop. She's created a business which quite literally moves countries as and when she does, which until the pandemic included Mexico, New York City, Barcelona, Berlin and finally Lisbon. An early adopter of life as a digital nomad and in her words, a freedom-driven entrepreneur. From a love of food, our guest ended up becoming an Instagram expert and an online course creator with her immensely popular course, Instagram Secrets to Success, and has chalked up a following of over 45,000 and over 100,000 subscribers, and most recently added the role of business mentor to her brand. Her clients are spread across the globe, all with one goal that they want to create a profitable online business that will bring more freedom and more wealth into their lives. So time to introduce our guest and hear more about her chapters. Carla Biesinger, founder of Carla Biesinger. Hello and welcome to HMP, Carla. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. It's wonderful to have you here. Would you share with us where and when your entrepreneurial journey began, Carla? Sure. So my entrepreneurial journey actually began in Buenos Aires in Argentina, where I opened a restaurant together with two friends and kind of just fell into that. You know, I I moved to Argentina to learn Spanish and fell in love with the country and with Buenos Aires as well. And then met a guy, <laughs> decided <laughs> that I wanted to stay. And he had just opened this, what's called a closed door restaurant together with his best friend, who's a chef from Thailand. So they were basically running dinners from their apartment in Buenos Aires and just inviting tourists to come and spend the evening with them. And I applied for jobs, so many different jobs in Argentina and no one would hire me. And I had just finished my bachelor in Australia. I was really qualified. You know, I thought at least I would get a job easily and I just got no after no after no. And then basically was faced with the decision, do I go back home or do I go back to Australia or what am I going to do? And then he offered me a job working with them in the restaurant And then I just kind of stayed there. And so for the next five years, we went from running dinners in our living room to then getting an investor and opening a real restaurant in Buenos Aires and kind of doing the whole, you know, business thing for real, not just in the living room. (laughs) So that's kind of how things started. And then how did you move 
from there into then your new business and Instagram and everything else? What was the journey between the restaurant and where you are now? Yeah, so towards the end, I was really unhappy in Argentina. We had built a beast, really. We had gone from being the three of us to having a team of over 30 and just, you know, trying to make enough money to pay for the bills. And the first years after we got the investor were really, really difficult. And it just kind of became this thing where we were just spinning our wheels, trying to make everyone happy. And I really wasn't happy anymore. So I decided to leave in 2015 and then was pretty lost. I'm not going to lie. I moved back in with my mom and just spent a few months trying to figure out what I should do next and got offered a job from a friend in Mexico, in Cancun. And he's a guy that I went to school with and he had started his own online marketing agency. And so he said, why don't you come over? You can live with me. I can only pay you $300 a month, but at least you're not in Germany. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. So I moved over there, worked with him for five months and then decided okay, I don't think I want to work for anyone except for myself. I had in Argentina, you know, even though it was difficult and stressful and challenging, I had kind of gotten that taste of freedom and I knew that I wanted that back, but I didn't want the big team and the investor and all of those things. I really just wanted it to be me and my laptop. And so in Mexico, I decided that I would start an online business and I started taking online courses to learn how to sell stuff online and eventually thought to myself actually you know what I think I can create an online course and that's just kind of how it started. (laughs) On that side of you wanting to create this or you just decided that you were going to create an online course you'd been on a course but how did you know which way you were going to steer the course how did you know I mean why Instagram why not something else? Yeah, so I actually started out, I think that the best advice I gotten at that point was if you want to start a business, you have to find that sweet spot between something you love doing, something you're good at, and something that that wears a hole in the market or something that the market needs and wants. And so for me, I had come from the restaurant business. I had studied marketing, so I knew that okay, there are many food entrepreneurs who love food like I do, but they're really bad at marketing. So my initial idea for my course was to start a course that would teach food entrepreneurs how to build their social media effectively and efficiently across all different platforms. So I actually started a course that's called 15 Minutes to Social, which uh, includes Twitter, Pinterest, Facebook, and Instagram. And then within six months, my Instagram account grew to over 10,000 followers. And I just kind of had this moment where I realized, I think I'm onto something here. I love Instagram because back then I was just doing food. So all I was doing was looking at food porn all day. (laughs) It was great. And just connecting with all these amazing chefs and food bloggers and restaurant owners. And so I kind of honed in on my niche changed my course direction and then launched my Instagram secrets to success course. I still launched the 15 minutes to social course a few months later, but I 
didn't really continue to focus on that. It's too much to keep up with multiple social media platforms. And when you did so well on Instagram, was that, I mean, how many years ago was that? Was that before they started throwing in their delightful algorithms and things like that? So I actually opened my Instagram account pretty much the same week as they announced the algorithm. And that was definitely a moment where I thought, oh my God, I'm never going to be able to succeed. And everyone was going crazy. But that's the thing with Instagram. You just evolve with it and you can still be successful. So food was the sort of trigger to get your initial audience, which then you very cleverly and carefully moved, channeled them into learn more about how you can succeed on Instagram. Exactly. So your yearning, I mean, I'm, I feel like I'm a pretty free spirit and I've sort of created a life where I have freedom and independence. And, and I would say it's in my DNA. I've, I've had it from a young child. But your desire, Carla, to be free, to have this independence, where does it come from, this thing of being on the move? Is it, is it your parents? Where do you get it from? I think my dad definitely has it as well. He actually wanted to move to Canada And then he met my mom and she was like, not happening. (laughs) So my dad has always been a huge supporter of me moving around. But I think, I think for me, it was when I was four years old, my parents moved to a different state. And I remember going to kindergarten there and I felt like I really didn't fit in. And I had a different accent and, you know, people like the other kids were making fun of me. And so I always had that desire to leave. And I left that town. I left Germany when I turned 19. Just the day after my graduation from high school, I was on a plane to Australia and I never came back. And then I just had these moments in my life where I woke up one day and I felt, you know what, I'm not, this place isn't giving me what I want anymore. I want to go somewhere else. And then I would just pack up my things and go somewhere else, literally. Do you find that moving helps you find what you want? Or do you feel that you're moving from something? I definitely think there's a a part of running away from your problems and, you know, just moving away from whatever situation you, you don't enjoy anymore. But I also have found that every place I've moved to has given me something and has changed me in a way. And, you know, when you move to a different country, there's so much you learn about living in that different country and the people you meet. And it's just an incredible, like enriching experience. And have you found moving around has helped you grow your audience? I think so. Yeah. Especially when I moved to New York, I met a lot of other people through Instagram and it helped me grow my business. And then now everywhere I go, it's always nice to meet people in real life, you know, that you connected with online. So in a way, it's definitely not, you know, that I move somewhere and then I grow by 10,000 followers because everyone there starts following me. But Yeah, I was just wondering if it's worth moving around just to look in. Oh, I'm just going to New York, find another 10,000 followers. <laughs> It'd be quite a good reason to hop around, to be frank, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Charge it up for the business. Are you, are you still just you and your laptop or do you have a team, Carla? I have a team. I had a virtual assistant for about three years and she was just helping me with small admin things. And then about a year ago, I hired my first 
like real assistant. She lives in Lisbon as well. I met her through a friend and she's now actually going to be going on to work full-time with me. And then I have a couple of other freelancers. I've realized how much faster I can grow and how happy I am by outsourcing certain tasks and by only focusing on what I'm really good at. And what would you say you're really good at? I'm I'm good at creating content. I'm good at teaching and, you know, working with my clients. But it's really that creation part, I think, that I'm good at creating a community, creating content, creating courses, uh, creating connections. And where would you say that the weaker spots are? Um, definitely anything to do with numbers, yeah. <laughs> although that's an important <laughs> one to at least be kind of on top of. Yeah. But, you know, uh, there's admin things. I'm, I enjoy writing, but when it comes to writing a sales page or writing sales emails, those are things that I've now outsourced. Uh, when it comes to web design or graphic design, while I enjoy it, I can spend all day tweaking something and it's you know never going to look as nice as <laughs> of, of what a designer can do. Have you found, um, Carla, with growing the business that you've had sort of growing pains at stages? And if you have, how have you moved through them? Sure. I think in the beginning, the first pain was, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. (laughs) And then it was a lot of accumulating knowledge and just learning and trying out different things until I kind of found my way. And then the next pain was I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, but I'm not really getting enough clients. So that then turned into testing out different offers, creating funnels, learning about just how to attract clients instead of just growing my audience. I remember there was a time when I had about 20,000 followers on Instagram, but I was barely making $1,000 a month. Wow. So I had that realization that, okay, I've grown my audience. Now it's really time to focus on turning those followers into clients. So that was the next pain. And then once my business started working and I was making more money, I think the the next pain was more mindset related. And actually, you know, I'm am I like worthy of receiving all this money? And do I really not have to work so hard and can can still make money, right? Because How what interesting. I do is like automations and I have, you know, all these funnels working for me day and night. And so I wake up to money, like having made money in my sleep. And there comes a stage where I think for me, the, the mindset part was re- a really big thing to work through to actually feel okay with receiving money, right? And not having to struggle in order to make it. And understanding your worth, I suppose, mm-hmm. isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. But it's, yeah, I mean, to, to be making a revenue while you're sleeping is a really clever thing. How easy was it for you to convert your audience to clients? So I tried a lot of different Things and I tried a lot of different ways of launching and uh, I invested a lot of money in programs and coaching as well. And eventually what I found what works really well for me is creating 
funnels where I basically promote something that's free, whether that's a webinar or an ebook, and then I have value that I provide off the back of that. And then off the back of that, I make an offer. So you can set up a lot of those automations, right? Where people sign up for the ebook. Uh, I can run ads to the ebook. So all of that then becomes automated and then they receive the emails and they receive the webinar and then they receive, uh, you know, the offer. So once I figured all of those pieces out, uh, that's really was the biggest kind of needle mover in my business. Are you, I mean, what, first of all, hooked you about Instagram in the first place? And are you concerned that it might have had its peak because there's just so many people on it and none of us really can get a handle on the algorithms or you probably can, but a lot of us can't? Yeah. So what intrigued me really at the beginning, coming back to that advice, you know, what is something that you love? And I love food. And in my next life, I would love to be a food photographer. But in this life, oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I think it's the most amazing job. But I tried that and I just realized it's probably not my forte. Um, so I loved looking at the food photos and <laughs> connecting with the people who created them. And I think that's what's amazing about Instagram is just the supportive community, right? The platform is all about giving love to get love. It's like I give you likes and then you come back and give me likes or I follow you in the hopes that you will follow me. So I think that's what makes it a beautiful platform. And then you have that added layer with the stories now where you can really let people in on the behind the scenes and let them really get to know you. And there's no other platform like that. I mean, Snapchat is a little bit like that. I think it's for a younger generation TikTok. TikTok. TikTok is just a different way of consuming and creating content. I have a TikTok account, but I'm not really on it, I have to say. And then now they in integrated Reels, which is like Instagram's version of TikTok. So it's a different way of consuming and creating. And I believe that more content in the future is going to be in video format. Okay. So it is constantly evolving. There's a lot of people and a lot of businesses on there. Obviously, you never know. And it could well be that one day it doesn't exist anymore and it, or it gets replaced by something else. Uh, I think, you know, there's other social media platforms like Periscope or Google. What was the Google one? Don't even remember. <laughs> I haven't heard of Periscope. You see, I'm so out of the loop. <laughs> I really am. Yeah, well, it's it's gone. It was there and then now it's gone. So it definitely happens, um, but hopefully not for the next few years. <laughs> and you've brought in the business mentoring side. Is that as a buffer or is that because that's something that you're really drawn to and interested in? It's something that I really enjoy. And, you know, over the years, apart from learning about Instagram, I've learned so many other things about building a business that I would love to teach right and the business coaching or business mentoring I don't work with a lot of clients in that capacity but the ones I do work with it's amazing to see their transformation happen and to like really be able to help them you know increase their income by a lot and completely change their lives and while Instagram alone can you know do that as well I've had some clients who have gone viral and who were able to quit their jobs and just do Instagram now. I think with the business mentoring, it's 
a next level kind of experience for me, as at least as a coach. How has the pandemic affected your working? I mean, obviously it stopped you jetting around the globe, but have you noticed more clients coming your way or how's it, how's it worked? Yeah, it's interesting. Actually, in the beginning, I definitely got a lot of people asking for refunds. Uh, a lot of people saying, you know, my husband lost his job or I lost my job. I can't pay for this. Um, but then I definitely saw an influx, I think, especially the first lockdown where everyone was just sitting at home watching webinars. Uh, that really was a good boost. And then around the kind of summer, fall, it kind of dropped again. Now it's going up again. So it does, it does seem to have an effect. I think there's a lot of new business owners or a lot of people who are maybe realizing, okay, I need to be online now. And they're starting to pick up things like Instagram as ways of marketing themselves or their products. So yeah, definitely has impacted I mean, that's what fascinated me with the pandemic. So many businesses not online. Yeah. It just amazed me. I mean, that to me is the first place. Even if you sell small amounts, get yourself out there and online. And, and then you have got to boost up the Instagram and you have got to learn. I mean, I presume that more and more people will come your way in the way that more and more people are going to have to set up their own gigs. Yeah. Challenging. What would you say that you're in pursuit of? What, what are your ambitions I'm definitely always in pursuit of happiness. I, my ambition in life is to just be happy. And that's, I think, why I move, because I wake up and I'm, I realize that I'm not happy anymore. And I realize that I can change my circumstances. And uh, then I just try something new. You know, I, I definitely was in relationships where it took me a while to kind of leave and move on and I've also been in places where I maybe stayed for a little too long but at the end of the day I really believe that you have the power to change your life and my biggest goal in life is to be happy and so and how do you see happy happy to me is just waking up feeling excited about your day ahead, feeling excited about the people that are in your life and what you do and just falling asleep without anxiety. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that in a way it's difficult to maintain that wherever you go. I mean, I suppose where I relate to you, Carla, is I used to move around, you know, I'd be living in the States, I'd be living in, the, in Kenya. I would be just on the move thinking that each time this is it, <laughs> this is where I'm going to be living. And of course, each time I was propelled out of it for whatever reason. And I, don't, I mean, I don't know, I suppose happy is, is such a, it's a really broad word and, and it can often change in a day. One day you can just think, uh, and then the next day you think, actually, you know what? I really appreciate it. It's, yeah. it's, it's really, I find it, yeah, it's, it's an interesting, <laughs> it's an interesting word, but it's an interesting trigger hmm. that it can propel, let's say it can propel you to say, right, I'm moving. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm packing up and, and off I go and carrying on being a nomad. Carla, have you had any serendipitous moments where, you know, things have just sort of happened and, and sort of coffee spill moments, I think they can be called? It was definitely interesting coming to Portugal. And I was living in Berlin before and kind of as an attempt to move back to Germany and within six months realized that this is never going to work. So 
I went to a I went to an event that was a travel conference and I heard this guy talk about being, being a nomad. They were, it's like a group of Germans who help other people who want to become nomads um, mm -hmm. to kind of leave their, their normal lives. And I just looked around and this room was full of people. There was at least 500 people there and who were wanting to be nomads. And I had a, that moment of realizing actually I am that already. I never really considered myself a digital nomad, but I had that moment of realizing that, okay, I, I'm already doing that. So what am I doing here in rainy and gray and cold Berlin? And I went up and started talking to the guy and he told me that they have a yearly event in Portugal. And he said, you would really enjoy Lisbon. And I had oh, never yeah. thought about Portugal before, ever. And I just started looking it up and I was like, okay, you know what? I think I'm going to go and I'm going to check it out for a couple of months. And I came here uh, in the summer of 2019 and I walked into a co-working space. I started talking to this girl who is now one of my closest friends. And just from the moment I arrived, I was in this amazing community and just realized, okay, that something is working here. So I had a few trips planned, but then decided to fully move here in November 2019 and I had been single for four years pretty much and that was also a reason for me to wanting to kind of be in a place to actually get a chance to meet someone not move every three months where it's you know no one's really gonna wait around and see if you come back or not and then literally the week after I moved I met this guy on an app And we're still dating and like my whole life changed. And then COVID happened and I'm like, have to be here. And even though I've definitely had days where I wanted to leave, I'm still here and everything has just kind of, yeah, fallen into place. So it is, it is funny, isn't it? It's like a stack of cards. Mm -hmm. I don't know that analogy where everything just sort of falls and you just, and it sort of flows and, and you can find doors opening and people appearing and it's, you sort of get into quite a sweet spot. Yeah. Well, perhaps you'll be staying in Lisbon. Yeah. Perhaps the days of being a <laughs> digital nomad are going. That's one of the things of running your own business when you're flat out with that. I certainly found that with my chocolate business. So I didn't really have time for, I suppose you call them intimate relationships. Yeah. It was more sort of free-spirited people who came on my path and, you know, then moved off my path. Life is interesting. Mm. Who would you say or what would you say, Carla, has been your greatest influence Good question. I think one of my business coaches who I worked with for two years, and I worked with her through that time where I was really struggling. I kind of found her through a Facebook ad. I signed up to one of her programs and worked with her for 10 months and was definitely, she helped me or the program helped me, but I was still at a point where I wasn't killing it. And I was at that point of giving up and she invited me to join like a program where I would work with her one-on-one -on -one. and at that time I was still living in New York my dad had come out to visit me and I was really torn I actually went for a couple of job interviews because I really wanted to stay in New York and I knew that my business wouldn't allow me to live there because I just wasn't making enough money and then at the end of the day I decided to go for the program with her, leave New York, move to Berlin to save money. 
And she, I think, saw something in me that I couldn't see. And mm -hmm. she believed in me so much when I couldn't believe in myself. And she was the reason why I kept going. And my dad, actually, for the first time probably in my life was like, I think you shouldn't give up now. <laughs> and I think you should continue. So that was a really, really big moment, both from my dad and from her, actually. Carla, do you ever have the inner chatter, that sort of negative chatter that says you should, you shouldn't, why didn't you, that sort of thing? You mean business related or in general? No, just general. You know where, I mean, you might not have it, but it's something in your head where it will, might be pushing you. It might be saying you shouldn't have done this or why did you do that in your head? A sort of internal monologue, I suppose it is. Not so much with that. I do have it with, you know, just future doubts, like will everything work out? What if, you know, everything falls apart? I definitely have that, but I don't really have a lot of regrets. Uh, yeah, no, not necessarily regrets. So this is sort of an inner critic. Mm. It's like your your mind is criticizing you in a way. Not that much, actually. No. Okay. Lucky you. <laughs> I guess. But you're, you're, I feel that you're quite a high achiever, aren't you? I am. I actually am really bad at setting goals. You know, I kind of have a vision and it's not always a very clear vision, but I'm, I'm just kind of taking my days as they come. And I, I always work towards something. And then once I achieve that, uh, or sometimes, you know, things don't work out the way I wanted, then I kind of set a next project and then I work towards that. So I, I do have like a drive in me. Um, but when things don't work out exactly, I just try something else. What do you think you've learned about yourself having your own business? I've learned that I'm actually a lot more capable than I thought. Um, I've learned that I have a lot of perseverance and persistence in me. And I, Yeah, I think those are the, the main things. I wasn't very confident before I started my business. And now I think I, I'm, I have grown more into that. Yeah, I so relate to you on that. My chocolate business gave me so much confidence in myself. I had none before. It's really odd because you can sort of hide behind it. I don't know, I would go to work events that a lot of people would find really daunting. And to me, they were a breeze. If you put me at a wedding with about 300 people, I'd be so shy. You'd find me sort of finding it very difficult to integrate with people. Yeah, really. <laughs> very. I would have got daunted. So you say that nothing has slipped you by in life. You don't think that you regret? No, I I always have that moment when I get on a plane, and this might sound a bit weird, but I always have that moment thinking if this plane crashes, I'm actually I would be happy to die. <laughs> it sounds really morbid, but it's something that just comes back. <laughs> I do, yeah, I don't know if it is morbid. It's that thing where you are just accepting life you've you've lived your life and I think we've got yeah. all I think that's something that COVID teaches us we've we don't have time we've got to live our lives we don't know what is around the corner so it seems that you're sort of at one in a way with yourself quick fire round before we tuck into the chocolate break so optimist or pessimist optimist introvert extrovert or ambivert extroverted introvert <laughs> so an ambivert <laughs> perfectionist or non-perfectionist working on 
per- not being so perfectionist. <laughs> Early bird or night owl? Early bird. Okay, so now we have got the chance to tuck into chocolate and you might have heard my tummy rumbling or not. It has because I missed my lunch and we're recording early in the afternoon. And so I am desperate to tuck in, stop my tummy rumbling. (laughs) Carla, tell us why you have picked Lint Orange Intense. Oh, I love it so much. I think it's something about the dark chocolate that just gives you that, you know, you don't really eat a whole bar of dark chocolate uh, like you do with milk chocolate. At least I don't. Uh, so it feels more of a luxury. And then with the orange, it's yeah, just feels exotic <laughs> mm. to me. I know there's a real thing about orange and chocolate. Some people really get it and others don't. <laughs> I really love it. I find orange so uplifting. Mm. Takes me back to my aromatherapy <laughs> days. So... We're munching on chocolate, but Carla, you need to get back to work and answer some more questions, I'm afraid. What are your thoughts on success and failure? I think success is inevitable if you're prepared to continue to show up and try again, and if you're willing to fail. And the faster you fail, the faster you'll achieve success. Mm -hmm. On to your well-being. So I'm still eating chocolate, talking about (laughs) well-being. How important is incorporating well-being into your day? Extremely important. Uh, I Now I don't really take calls before 10 a.m. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my next goal is to not look at my email inbox before 12 p.m. Mm-hmm. To really be able to start my day just in my thoughts with me, you know, whether that's doing exercise, going for a walk, lighting a candle and just hanging out, listening to a podcast. Um, Like having that time, like me time, is becoming more and more important to me. And do you manage to achieve it? Most days. Now, I didn't for a long time. And if you look at your emails at noon, does that then mean that you're working much later? Are you not just starting the day later and finishing later, but allowing yourself that gap at the beginning of the day instead of at the end of the day? I think it's more something like I used to just open my inbox when I didn't have anything to do Mm -hmm. to kind of try and find a problem. And there's always a problem in your inbox generally, you know. (laughs) So now I just check my emails much less. And I've come to terms with the fact that if I don't reply to someone immediately, that's okay. And sometimes it's good to train people that actually they can use Google or they can, you know, just figure things out on their own and just be like independent, smart people (laughs) rather than, you know, waiting for me for a reply before they can continue their day. So I think it was more of a mindset shift from my side. Um, That's given me a lot more freedom. Do you um, suffer from stress? And if so, what what triggers you to become stressed and how does it affect you physically, mentally, spiritually? Yeah, definitely. Uh, that's one of my biggest challenges. I, I'm a huge people pleaser. So I get stressed by people asking me to do things, saying yes to things that I don't want to do, working on that. I, you know, get stressed about my business when things aren't going well or when, you know, unexpected things happen. Mm-hmm. And you know, Instagram changes all the time. 
I run a lot of ads on Facebook that changes all the time. So there's all these variables that you have to figure out, you know, team members coming and going or having problems with uh, people that you're working with. I think there, there's a lot of moving pieces and I, you know, launching and the launch not going as you wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, I get definitely really stressed and it kind of, you know, manifests in my my back, get back problems, headaches, those kinds of things. So it's, it's very obvious when I'm stressed and it's not something I've figured out yet. So if you have any tips, I'd love to hear them. <laughs> and, I, and I think in COVID, we've become much more sensitive, more anxious. I mean, you're similar to me. We've got to make a buck. You know, we've got to get out yeah. of bed and we've got to get, get out. There's no time for hiding under the duvet. Do you have a daily ritual with your well-being at all? I'm kind of bad at doing the same thing all the time. So it changes. I sometimes meditate uh, or listen to a podcast and do a workout. Sometimes I just go for a walk. Sometimes I I don't do anything at all. And I just lie in bed until 10 p.m. and answer two DMs on Instagram. So not really a ritual. Coffee is there most of the time. (laughs) most days so I mean the meditation and the walking must help you if you're feeling stressed Mm, yeah and now you know I try and get out of the city on the weekends just go for a walk by the beach so that definitely that unplugging and just being away from my laptop which you know in COVID times is pretty difficult because if you live on your own what do you do when you don't have anything to do (laughs) Open your laptop again. So, well, you're lucky to get to the beach. I am only a tad agree with them beyond that one. So, Carla, if you can't sleep, what what do you do? Oof. <laughs> or do you sleep okay? I usually sleep okay. I actually I always sleep with earplugs. So, <laughs> if I don't have my earplugs, then that's when I don't fall asleep easily. But sometimes I would just maybe listen to a podcast or read something to try and fall asleep. And other times I just kind of lie in my bed and think about things. What music makes you feel good? And what book would you miss if it wasn't on your bookshelf? But you might not be a reader. I don't know. I assume every all my guests are. Now I'm thinking, Carla might not be reading books. <laughs> I do read. I like to read books. It's been difficult with you know, moving around so much, books are not necessarily something you buy. So I listen to more audio books. I really enjoyed Super Attractor by Gabby Bernstein. Oh, I haven't heard of that. Last year. Yeah. Yeah, that was really good. And music, I love to dance. I like anything, anything really from like rock and roll to pop and uh, like electronic music. I don't really have like a favorite band. Can I just go back onto the book? What was it about the book that you really enjoyed? So Super Attractor is, it kind of talks about the universe and that kind of stuff. I'm not super woo-woo, but there was something about it that (laughs) um, like made me shift. And I read it actually at a time, it was just before COVID and then kind of going into, you know, that, that time where a lot of people were asking for refunds. And I was really scared that, like my business wasn't going to survive this and it just kind of helped me to focus on the positive and to you know focus on like 
what you focus on, you attract and what you focus on grows. So really being more intentional with the thoughts you're thinking. That was really powerful. I mean, that takes me back to the stress thing. One of the things that I am working on is being grateful because I appreciate a lot, but I never really acknowledge it in my mind. So it is that thing of small things that that you can just think, I'm so lucky. And I think when one has that mindset, good stuff comes because you're giving mm-hmm. off a different sort of, there's a shift in energy, isn't there? Yeah, totally. What advice would you give, Carla, with so many people now in limbo with their jobs and potentially setting up side hustles or their own business full time, what advice would you give them? I would advise to surround yourself with people who support you and who believe in your dreams. So if you're thinking about setting up a business, share that thought with people who will encourage you. Don't share it with the like haters in your family who want you to stay stuck. And there's a lot of communities online, you know, where you can find these kinds of people who are doing something similar. So surrounding yourself with people who support you, who believe in you, who want to achieve something similar to you, because the entrepreneurial journey, I think, can be lonely if you don't happen to have a lot of entrepreneurs in your friends and family circle. And then Definitely invest in yourself. There's a lot of things you need to learn. And there's, you know, online courses out there. Uh, There's a lot of uh, free information out there, obviously, as well. But if you know that, okay, this piece is really going to help me take my business to the next level, invest in it and see how you can like make a return on that investment and just kind of start building that trust muscle in yourself that when you invest you can make that investment back and that that's really how you'll grow. Very sound advice. Finally, Carla, where have you had to have hope and dollop loads of patience? It can be in your business, it can be in your life. I think patience definitely with my business. I struggled a lot for the first years. Um, hope as well. But I think for me, the the hope piece was more like romantically when I you know, really for a while didn't think I was ever going to meet anyone and I was just going to be alone for the rest of my life. So that was that was a big hope piece. And you have. Yeah. So where can our guests find you? How can they get to know more about you, Instagram, all that sort of thing? Instagram is the best place. Uh, Carla Wiesinger is my account. My website as well, carlebiesinger.com, is where you can read more about my story. But really, Instagram is is where I am most of the time. And she's very engaging. So if you DM her, she's highly likely to reply. Yeah. Just let me know that you have me on this podcast. I'd love to. (laughs) So, Carla, I would like to thank you so, so much for joining the show and sharing so many precious insights today. It's been really fantastic to chat with you. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It was such a pleasure. Thank you. A huge thank you for finding the show. Don't forget to hop back into the archives if you've only just discovered us at Hope and Patience. So just to remind you, this is our last episode in Series 3. We have a special episode out next week. Hope and Patience will be back in the autumn. 
for series four. And for the exact date, just keep an eye on our socials or subscribe to the HMP newsletter if you haven't already. Have a wonderful summer. Make sure you take time for you. I'll be working on a new project and also hoping to get the chance to do a lot of reading and chilling and conjuring up guests for series four. Don't forget to subscribe or follow to be kept up to speed with episodes. And if you're enjoying the show, it would be truly fab if you could rate and review it or better still share it with folk who may value a gem or two. Any book recommendations, quotes, songs can be found in the show notes and on the website too. Until the autumn, however tough your times get, keep that very special inner sparkle you have shining and have a really groovy summer. Hope and Patience with Amelia Rope. Join the conversation at hopeandpatience.co.uk. Find Amelia on Facebook at Hope and Patience or on Twitter and Instagram at Amelia underscore Rope.